Build in, lock in, strap in. It's the Fantasy Domination Podcast! All right, fantasy football freaks, fantasy football fanatics, and yes, fantasy football friends. It is the Fantasy Domination Podcast. Yeehaw! Oh, Rusty's geared geared up. And you know why? Because we just watched a crazy fun week one of NFL football. And if you're like us, you probably got burned by a few guys that you never saw coming. And a few guys that, uh, well, probably won't come again this year. As always, I am the coach. And I am here with my good friend, lifelong friend, Rusty. Rusty, how you doing, bud? Uh, what, I'll tell you something, Coach. I was really worried uh, that we were going to have a terrible week of football after that stinker of a Thursday nighter. Uh, but uh, they came through on Sunday, did they not, Coach? Very nice to see. Absolutely. It was. Oh, I mean, that Thursday game. We, we said it in our last episode. It was absolutely atrocious. This week, though, like you said, oh, we had some fun. We had some heartbreak. We had some tension. We had the New York Jets losing another game that they absolutely should have won. So that you know what that means? Football is back. Ooh, yeah, baby. Love it. All right. We're going to start off the top here. Something that needs to be said and something that's very important. And I know, Rusty, this is advice that you give to every fantasy football owner you know, especially right. dynasty owners. So lay it on us. My advice, it's week one. Don't panic. Do not panic, folks, because I'll explain on that a little bit. We, I, I, we've been playing this game for, what, 55 years now or something like that, Coach? I'll tell you something. Uh, we've seen it happen every single time. You have... Guy, you you you've got you've drafted all these guys. You're heavily invested in them, and then they go out and they lay an absolute stinker in week one. I don't tell you how many times this happened. Whether it be Fat Pig Andy Reid with his shenanigans, or some other coach, or someone gets injured, or some guy you thought would get 500 yards and six touchdowns gets maybe all of five catches for 50 yards or something like that. You do you just say, oh, the, the sky is falling. I'm 0 1. The season is over. Time to panic. Do not. Panic unless you want to trade some of your guys to me at a discount, then you panic all you like. But other than that, do not panic because it's a long season, coach. It is a very long season, except for the guys in the league. You can trade me those guys you want right now. I'll give I'll, I'll take your uh well we'll talk some of the guys we're gonna panic on. If you want we're gonna talk about some guys. If you want to sell them to me for six round picks, I'm your guy. Anyway, coach, go ahead. I know. That's that's the inherent challenge of doing a podcast like this. When you're a fantasy owner and especially a dynasty owner, Taking advantage of stupid people is your bread and butter. It's exactly. how it's how you get Deshaun Watson when some owner drops him to pick up Wayne Gallman. And I know what you're thinking. Why would anyone want Wayne Gallman on their fantasy team? I've seen it happen. And you know what happened immediately afterwards? I picked up Deshaun Watson and ran him and ran him and ran him. I mean, he blew out his knee, but that was a streak of weeks there. Oh, mm. fantasy gold. Oh, dear Lord. So don't panic. But yes, as Rusty said, if other people are going to panic, yeah, be there to pick up the pieces. Exactly. That said, <laughs> Rusty, mm-hmm. if you were going to panic, who would be a good player to panic in regards to? All right. So my panic of the week is a gentleman that I had that I was 
very high on coming to the National Football League. Uh, he he went to an iffy team, uh, but he, he, he ended the season strong last year. That would be one Dante Pettis. So let me talk about Dante Pettis of the San Francisco Football 49ers for just a moment. This was the year that my shares of Dante Pettis were supposed to come to fruition. Second year receiver, Jimmy Garoppolo would hopefully pay a full season and not stick up the joint. Um, and then Kyle Shanahan decided to do some shenanigans or shenanigans. Shanahanigans? I think that's what we're going we're to call it shenanigans and I'll forget what that is by the end of the podcast. He decides he has to motivate Dante Pettis in the preseason and saying, you know, he doesn't necessarily have the job and you know, I'm going to play him in the fourth quarter with the scrubs and in preseason, all that nonsense. But And he had a little bit of an injury, but then we had to come the regular season. It seemed like it was just a motivational ploy. And then what? guess what happens to Dante Pettis in that first game back, uh, Coach? Oh, I'm going to guy with, I mean, the, if this was a Hollywood story, it would be he comes out, catches 10 passes for 150 yards and two touchdowns, right? Uh, this is not a Hollywood story. This is a San Francisco 49ers story. He plays two snaps, Coach. Two bloody snaps. Because Kyle Shanahan is an idiot, I believe. Let, let's just go with Kyle Shanahan being an idiot uh, because... He, he says some garbage about, oh, he, he, he had an injury he was coming back from. This is bull crap. But anyway, it's not just that he didn't come back and do much. Because you've got a guy that you're going to talk about that you, you have panicking up for other reasons. He never, he hardly had an opportunity to step on the field, coach. And that's what I'm worried. This is why I'm worried about Dante Pettis in the leagues I have him in. I can't sell him now. There's no way I'm going to do it now. But I don't, because his value is so depressed. I won't like he's a guy you have to think about dropping versus uh, trading away at this point. But you got to hold the line with him, got to hold on to him. Uh, but I do not like what I'm seeing. I don't like what Kyle Shanahan's been doing with him, uh, and I don't like the way that things have started the season for him. Like two snaps is just. I, I know guys in leagues who go to me, rusty. What happened to Dante Pettis? I had him in my lineup. I was out flying uh, with my kids somewhere. I just got back and saw he put up a goose egg. What happened, Rusty? You're new to what's going on. You're a Dante Pettis fan. And I'm like, Kyle Shanahan, that's all you got to say. So if there's a guy panicking on coach, it's Dante Pettis right now. I mean, that's, that is just flawless analysis. Uh, Kyle Shanahan. It's, yeah, I mean, I don't know where you pin this one in the end, but Kyle Shanahan seems like the best target. Um, you know, we're, we're used to the Belichicks of the world that play games for NFL reasons that end up messing with fantasy players because Bill Belichick does not care about fantasy players. He wins games, coach. I can forgive that at least because he wins games. What's Kyle Shanahan ever done? Um, well, he, um, and then there was the, exactly. Well, he gave Dante Pettis two snaps this week. Yeah. All right. I'm going to go with a guy who got more snaps than that and actually managed to pull off three whole targets this week. Ooh. And that is the perpetually disappointing but oh-so-tantalizing Corey Davis of the Tennessee boredom. I mean, uh, Titans. Oh, wait wait a minute. They put up 43 this week. <laughs> and they Corey did. Davis got none of it. He got three targets, didn't haul in any of them. Corey Davis right now is an infuriating player because he looks he looks the part of a number one wide receiver, an all pro wide receiver. But for whatever reason, it's just not there. Injuries have been part of it. Mariota has been part of it. But in a week when they put up 44 points, uh, when they put up 
or A.J. Brown, the guy we thought, well, I don't know what A.J. Brown's fantasy value is because it seems like Corey Davis is going to be the guy there. When A.J. Brown tops 100 yards and Corey Davis doesn't even touch the damn ball, I don't know what we're supposed to think about Corey Davis. So like you with Dante Pettis, I've been a Corey Davis guy. I've had him in leagues. I've been disappointed with him in leagues. I thought this year, though, this, you know, I, I believe in the third year wide receiver breakout. And I felt like Corey Davis was just primed. I mean, maybe we're not talking 1,500 yards and 12 touchdowns, but primed to break through and, and realize that potential. And uh, yeah, zero catches on three targets ain't exactly reaching that potential. No, Unless, not. and this is the caveat. He is actually reaching his potential, and I have wasted way too many roster spots over the last three seasons. That's fair, Coach. It's uh, that's that is another guy. I'm a Don. I'm a Corey Davis guy. Maybe even bigger than a Dante Pettis guy. But oh my goodness, that was disappointing to see last week. All right, All right. let's put that aside. Yeah. It's time to stop talking about disappointments. Let's talk about those guys that either jumped up and burned the hell out of you or carried you to a win this week. And we're talking about a murderer's row of guys that, well, some of them might not even been on fantasy rosters last week. And I'm looking right at you, John Ross, when I say that. <laughs> so let's start there. He would, he didn't have the biggest week, but John Ross is most noteworthy in a set in the, for this, this simple fact in his rookie season. If you have negative points for turnovers he managed to turn in a negative season. He had one catch, zero yards, and a fumble, and then he was gone for the year, so that gave him a jaunty minus one for the season. That's impossible to do. Nobody <laughs> can be that useless and injured. Not, not John Russ. It's not impossible for him. So what did John Ross do this past week? Oh, I don't know. He played well, and I think that's part of the uh, – the big issue with with John Ross is the injuries have slowed him down. The guy the guy is pure speed, mm-hmm. but in a league where speed isn't enough. But he comes out, blows the doors off the place. They're without AJ Green. There, Tyler Boyd had a had a nice game, but nothing special. Here's John Ross, seven catches on twelve targets, hundred and fifty eight yards, and two touchdowns. And in all likelihood. He was available in your fantasy league. Yep. Yep. Uh, now, some of the guys we're talking about, this may be the highlight of the season. This comes back to don't panic in this week one. Just, just like you can, there's the negative panic, there's the positive panic, I guess you can say. Because the guy's like, oh my goodness, like, you know, so-and-so had three touchdowns and 200 yards. <laughs> we're going to talk about him in a minute, I think. Uh, he, he's, I, 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 am, I am made. I'm a made man because I got this guy out season, but he may not do anything else. So maybe we should move on to the next gentleman because this this guy did not see this one coming at all. No, um, I mean, we've for a few years now made a little bit of fun of Sammy Watkins. Mm-hmm. He, he was overdrafted when he came into the league. He was saddled with a piss-poor Buffalo Bills offense. Buffalo Bills are a be- football team. And we'll get to that later. Um, then... He became a, you know, bit of a wanderer, made a couple of stops. Now he's in Kansas City where, okay, seems like a good pick as a, you know, a wide receiver too, until you realize how much money he's making to play wide receiver too. But when he has the chance, oh my God, did he blow up this week. Just reminds you of the capabilities there that he has not been able to capitalize on for the most part. 
got open. He caught the ball. And, I mean, he caught a lot of balls. We're talking nine for 198 and three on 11 targets. Mm. Like, that's, I mean, that, there might not be a better wide receiving game this year. And it happened with Sammy Watkins in the first game of the season. (laughs) I know a guy in one of my leagues who had both Sammy Watkins and Dante Pettis. Guess which one he played and which one he (laughs) benched, coach. (laughs) Did not go well. (laughs) Since you're telling us the story, we can assume that Watkins rode the pine. (laughs) He certainly did. My goodness. So let's look ahead for Sammy Watkins. He's not going to repeat that. Nope. I mean, he's got, at this point, Maybe he does have week-to-week 100-yard potential, and he will find the end zone. But what makes him all that much more intriguing is that Tyreek Hill is going to be at six to eight weeks. So now Sammy Watkins goes from being a good number two to all the spotlight is going to be on him in that Kansas City passing game. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Keep it out. If you don't have McCole Hodman... All those guys were like, Tyreek Hill's going to be suspended. I should pick up McCole Hardman. Suddenly you're looking a lot smarter than you did maybe a couple a week or two ago. Not not for the suspension reason, but it is what it is. Uh, spe- uh, so, uh, moving on to other guys that blew up. Um, John Brown. Oh, oh, you got something oh, no, I was gonna. No, no, I was actually going we to. I was going to say, we talked about John Ross being a speedy guy who finally put it together. We got a couple of other speedy guys that put together some beauty games this week. And then you say, <laughs> I say, like John Brown. <laughs> so we probably should have seen this one coming. I mean, other than the Buffalo Bills being a terrible football team, um, the one thing they have, and I'm not sold on Josh Allen there, but one thing he can do is he can throw the ball deep. And if there's one thing that John Brown can do, it's catch the ball deep. So when he had a, himself a very nice game this week, I guess it shouldn't have been a total surprise because people, we should have seen that coming. Uh, but. Still, did not expect the Bills to light it up like that. And they were pretty stinky for the first part of that game, but they, they turned it on when it counted. And you, it doesn't matter when the, when the points happen. The points happen during the game. You get credit for all of them the same. And John Brown ended up with a nice day for you. Yeah. Um, 10, car- or 10 targets, 7, 123, and 1. Mm. Again, I don't think we're going to see that all the time. But uh, that, this, that was peak John Brown. And, I mean, wh- how many years now have we been teased by – Oh, John Brown's going to be a, you know, he's going to have fantasy impact. Yeah. This is this is season number 6 for him and well, we saw it. Um I'd still I wouldn't put him as any more than a wide receiver 3 or maybe a you know, a wide receiver 4 just because I worry about the consistency. Uh-huh. That being said, um if you look at his schedule, week 7 versus the Dolphins and oh. week 11 at the Dolphins. Oh. Those are some prime fantasy matchups. So, uh, yeah, I I think John Brown, John Brown for those two games might be might be a, the sneaky start of the year. Hmm. Just gonna throw that out there. Nice. Uh, and so, then, well, yeah, go ahead, coach. We'll move on because we want to keep this moving. Give you your thirty minutes to victory. Hollywood Brown. Hollywood Brown. Raise your hand if you saw Hollywood Brown exploding this week. My hand. Yep. You can't see it, but my hand's not raised. Even Hollywood Brown isn't raising his hand for this one. But boy, oh, you want to talk about a debut? You know, I think everybody watching that Raiders game was thinking, not or the Ravens game was thinking, not much. You know, we don't know what this guy, what this offense is capable of. 
We don't know if uh, Lamar Jackson can even throw the ball. We don't know if a five foot nine receiver is, you know, is worth anything in the NFL these days. And then all Marquise Brown does is go five targets, four receptions for 147 yards and two touchdowns. Yeah. Now, part of this will be how legendarily awful are the Miami Dolphins. I think we're going to see this could be one of the worst teams of all time. Um, But at the same time, mm, I mean, that's a pretty nice way to make a debut. Right. And and Lamont Jackson might just be the real deal. He, he might just be. We're gonna have, like you said, we're gonna have to see how those numbers adjust when he's not playing the Dolphins. But <laughs> I mean, JV squad. He he made the plays, which also leads us to you know to go off of what we said about John Brown. Look for whoever's playing the Miami Dolphins in a given week and ride those guys because until we see that Miami has a semblance of an of a defense, they are just gonna give up points and yards all season long because mm-hmm. that team is awful. Terrible. They are trying to be awful. Terrible. They are tanking in an obvious and hideously glorious way. And anybody who can get out of there right now is trying their damnedest to get off that sinking <laughs> ship. <laughs> I love that story. Uh, but let's talk. We'll talk about how bad the, the Dolphins are another time. Um, TJ Hawkinson. My good. I, I, we knew he was going to be good, but. He uh, he lit it up in his first season. I think this was like record-setting performance for a tight end in his first game, was it not? So much I mean, that, that might for the, so much of that one-year waiting period you usually have for rookie tight ends. That that might be the most points that a uh, Detroit tight end has scored in a whole season. <laughs> That's how impressive <laughs> that game was. Now, when when we were you know when we were drafting and building teams, I I always liked Hawkinson as. You know, I, I would have argued, well, and I did argue, Hawkinson might have been the best um, rookie pass catcher in the in the draft pool this year. Mm-hmm. Um, sure, guys like Brown are faster, and there's other guys that are a little more zippy, but Hawkinson just seemed like if everything went his way, he was going to slide into a great situation and be able to perform right away. And six receptions, 131 yards, and a touchdown – that's that's what I would consider performing. It's not bad. <laughs> Again, not bad at all. Is that sustainable? He was playing the Arizona Cardinals, and he's a Detroit Lion. But you know, I I wouldn't be surprised if he stays there, and at least you know by the end of the season, he's solidly in that second tier of tight ends, and maybe maybe he's even starting to push into that top tier. It's a good point, the Detroit Lions. Slight tangent, just because I'm bitter about this. Give on Johnson the damn ball more. All right, that's all I'm going to say about that. <laughs> well, as somebody who had on Johnson against him in a few leagues this week, don't give on Johnson the ball. Uh, so anyway. the the downside with T.J. Hawkinson's big game is he was a prime candidate to try and snake if you were a rebuilding team or maybe looking at selling off a, you know, a John Brown type of wide receiver. Now that ain't going to happen because anybody with with TJ Hawkinson is going to be looking at him as a future star. Mm-hmm. So much for that. All right. I just want I want to throw one other name in here. We don't even need to discuss it. Gardner Minshew. Gardner for must- Minshew. For the mustache alone, this guy's going to be an adventure this season. <laughs> and finally... Finally, we'll talk about Gardner Minshew next week when the, and the league actually has tape on him. Finally, 
not everything comes as a surprise, but sometimes when a guy does what he's expected to do, we got to celebrate that. And that's Josh Jacobs absolutely proved himself to be worth the number one pick in every dynasty draft. Maybe some people took David Montgomery. Maybe some people, you know, went Nikhil Harry. I don't know why, but some people might have. Josh Jacobs should have been the number one pick. And he comes out of the gate doing something that has not been done since LaDainian Tomlinson. And that is 100 yards from scrimmage and two touchdowns in your first game. Two rushing touchdowns in your first game. He was a beast. It looks like he's going to play that role going forward. He's, he's going to be a good one. Mm, yep. So far, I mean, it's, it's one week, but I mean, so far, that's that one one is paying dividends for the folks who used it properly. Yeah. I just, and I want to add one other thing before we go to our break. Why can't, when is the NFL going to figure out that two Monday night games is great? You put a late game in there featuring, you know, one of the Rams, Chargers, Raiders, Seahawks, 49ers, Cardinals, or Broncos hosting that late game on Monday night. People are going to watch. The West Coast is going to watch because it's actually an evening game for them. The East Coast is going to watch because we're football addicts. And it's it's going to get exposure for teams that otherwise are, you know, buried in the Sunday late game that you're not watching because Dallas is on. Yeah. Either the football team or the 80s dramatic television series. Oh, very nice. All right. That's a good point, Coach. I, 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 let's, let's stop doing that the first week. Let's do it all the weeks. Why not? More football. Exactly. Like and you know what? More TV, more more unique TV opportunities means more TV money, which means everybody wins. Everybody gets paid. Except All right. You, you and me. All right. We, we end up paying. Yeah. Anyway, we're going to take a quick break. We're going to recoup. We're going to get a beverage. And we're going to come back, and we are going to answer the questions that you've sent to us by email. All right. We'll be back with more Fantasy Domination Podcast. All right, we are back with the Fantasy Domination Podcast, second part of our episode this week. And you know what we're going to do right now, Coach? You know, we get questions from our audience uh, and, and you know, keep them coming. Fantasy Domination Podcast at gmail.com. You can email us your questions. Or if you if you don't feel like doing the, the, the Gmail thing, you can hit us on Twitter uh, at the FDPod. FD for Fantasy Domination Pod, and you can you can ask us questions on the Twitter, and we will and we will answer. We've been answering some questions for some of our fans and other folks out there, so keep them coming. Uh, but we got some questions this week, Coach. So let's get right into it. Uh, question number one: After his amazing performance last week, should I sell high on Sammy Watkins? I'm going to give a conditional yes here because a Sammy Watkins is never going to do better than he did this this past week. So. If you can trade him for somebody or somebodies that are going to have more long-term value and more consistent value, then go for it. But if somebody's trying to throw like, oh, I'll throw this guy at you who's not very good, uh-huh. don't do it. Don't don't get out of Sammy Watkins just for the sake of getting out of Sammy Watkins, but try to leverage it to get something good, even better back. Is that the whole point of selling high? Exactly. Don't not settle for less. Exactly. Uh, next question. Same question, but what about Austin Eckler? Well, I think what we learned this week is Melvin Gordon has no leverage in his contract <laughs> negotiations. So, so that. I mean, Austin Eckler had a great game. We liked him last year as a as a spot guy, and he had some PPR value. 
Um, I don't see why there's any reason to think he won't continue producing because here's the thing. Melvin Gordon was never a great running back, and that's why the Chargers aren't paying him. What he was was a grinder who found the end zone. But you take those touchdown numbers out of it, you've got a guy who's a sub-four running back, less than four yards a carry, consistently kind of a plotter. Gets his, you know, he gets the occasional big one and breaks it, but he's not a dynamic scoring threat from outside the goal line. Mm-hmm. So that's why San Diego. Yeah, you know what? That's why San Diego Chargers didn't want to pay him. Exactly. So unless he comes crawling back, unless he takes, you know, if they're still willing to give him ten million, they might even short him to eight now. Who knows? Unless he comes crawling back. Keep Austin Eckler in there and keep him in your lineup because that is a fantasy, you know, gold mine in San Diego. All right. Next question. <laughs> Good grief. Will Dante Moncrief ever not be overrated? Nope. This guy has been overrated since he came into the league. He's been in some pretty good situations, and he just does not deliver with consistency. He's the number two nominally in Pittsburgh, but it's just a matter of time until – either James Watson or maybe Deontay Thompson overtakes him. I think it's Thompson or oh, Johnson. James, James Washington, but whatever. What did I say? Watson. Watson. Watson, Washington, whatever. One of America's presidents. <laughs> Was Watson ever American president? I don't know. <laughs> uh, yes. Um, anyway, yeah, anyway. Dante, Dante Moncrief is going to disappoint you if you put him in your lineup. He is best not having any place on your roster let somebody else waste time on him. You yeah. fill that spot with somebody better. Hilarious story. Before we move on, really quick one. Uh, myself and this other guy in one of my one leagues, uh, very nice gentleman, but he's a bit of a cuckold. He, uh, we, we, we both been in that Dante Moncrief ownership train. Like I think, believe I acquired him from him. And another owner, I believe, started him this week. And he said, why does Dante Moncrief suck? And we're just like, join the club, my friend. Join the club. Anyway, on to the next question. Uh, should we start worrying about Todd Gurley as an RB1? Yeah, that, that's the question. Is Should we worry about him as an RB1? Because when he touched the ball this week, he was good. You know, he, he didn't blow the place up, but he got his yards. The problem is he didn't get all the carries, and Malcolm Brown got the end zone twice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, if you look at the snap counts, they still heavily favor Todd Gurley, but... If you're a Todd Gurley owner, and I have Gurley shares across many leagues, uh, I am very concerned about Malcolm Brown. Not as concerned as some because I was smart and handcuffed Malcolm Brown to him and not Daryl Henderson uh, for much cheaper. But man, the problem is, now I got to which one am I going to start? So we need to see how the situation plays out. But uh, it's a little concerning. Yeah. So I'm, I'm going to say right now, until we see evidence otherwise, he's, he's an RB2 at best. And you might even want... Again, his upside might be higher, but if you can get somebody with more consistency that you can count on, you might want to go that route. Mm-hmm. Let's see how that goes, but you can't sell, sell it all on him just yet. Uh, next question. <laughs> can I plug in Devin Singletary as a RB2 against the New York football giants? All right. So Devin Singletary of the Buffalo Bills, the reason they got rid of Shady McCoy. All right. Why would you want to start him against the Giants this week? Well, you have no other running backs, so that's definitely a point in his favor. Mm -hmm. He looked good in the limited carries that he had. He caught the ball. He ran the ball. He's still small. Well, short. He's a pretty thick guy, but he's small. 
but he ran with authority and he ran with power. Mm-hmm. And it's the Giants who didn't play very well against a you know a Zeke Elliott who was lacing up the cleats for the first time this season. So I think there is an argument to be made that Devin Singletary could be worth playing as an RB2 if you have no other options. Yeah, I know. About- Counterpoint? Yes, I do have a counterpoint. Uh, number one, uh, TJ Yeldon. Number two, Frank Gore. Number three, the Buffalo Bills are a terrible football team. All right. Move I mean, I can't to- argue with any of those. Yeah, exactly. Moving on to the next question. Is it too early to bail on the Cleveland Browns? <laughs> All right, so this is what happens when a team, you know, jumps up and grabs people's imagination before they really prove it on the field. You know, we ha- we saw that re- in the last couple of years with the Rams, but they were doing it on the field. We've, and we've seen it before. We'll see it again. That team just becomes the preseason darling because of the personalities, because of the expectations, because of how low they were, that there is nowhere to go but up. Mm-hmm. And then they stunk up the joint and got destroyed by the Tennessee snooze. So is it too early to bail? Well, let's look at it this way. Baker Mayfield is always going to be a risk for interceptions. Mm-hmm. He's a gunslinger. You know, he's not a an Aaron Rodgers, you know, tactician like that. He's a guy who's, if he thinks he can get it in there, he's going to throw it in there. Which, puts, which means his career tra- trajectory is going to land somewhere between Brett Favre and Rex Grossman. Hmm. Which is not a narrow trajectory. That is a very wide range of outcomes. If we look, you know, OBJ, he got his. There's going to be some, some adjustments there. Um, Jarvis Landry, he got his. David Njoku, he got his a bit. Nick Chubb got vultured for the touchdown. But, you know, he got his in a losing cause. The, the, the big the big players, the ball was in their hands as it needed to be. Mm-hmm. The performance just wasn't there. So I don't think you want to bail yet. But, I mean, if this team could this team end up 0-3, I would not be completely shocked. All right. Uh, oh, Coach, um, I'm monitoring our Twitter account. And uh, we just got a fresh question coming right now from uh, at Lamar's Cleaner is asking us, what kind of tensile strength should I look for for rope bondage? What the... Okay. All right. We're going to say this again. This is a fantasy domination podcast. We deal with fantasy football and the domination thereof. We're not going to judge your lifestyle. We may have even indulged in your lifestyle. But we're not here to talk about that today. That being said, look for a high tensile strength because... You want to make sure it's going to hold. You don't want it to rip. You don't want it to tear. And you want it to be able to... All right. To- we're, we're, I think we're going to move on to the next question. Um, All right. Another question we received. Did you guys severely underrate the rookie wide receiver class given the performances that many of them had last weekend? All right. So from a dynasty perspective, we said it was going to be the long game with most of the wide receivers in this draft, if anything. And, well, let's look at week one. Um, DK Metcalf played pretty well. AJ Brown topped 100 yards. Hollywood was great. Terry McLaurin was great. Scary Preston, Preston Williams got the ball. Even Miles Boykin scored. So um, yeah, um, we're gonna we'll have to wait and see if any of these guys can hold up. Now that we're gonna get a body of evidence and some tape on them, but um, 
Yeah, we we may very well have underrated this rookie class. What do you think? Yeah, I th- I think so. Uh, I we knew they'd be stronger than the running back class, maybe, but I don't think we anticipated this much from them. Again, it's week one, but that's a very positive outcomes that we saw this week and maybe they came to arrive at the party a little bit earlier than we expected all right a couple more questions one more question uh we've had the our waivers have already run uh coach and i have a very low uh waiver priority is there a couple guys that i should you know really deep guys that i should be looking to stash uh now that the waiver was run that maybe it might be available in my leagues well unfortunately i think the number one guy that we had on the list it's probably already gone and went higher, and that's Mecole Hardiman. Hmm. I mean, he's he was seen in the preseason when we thought Tyreek Hill was going to get suspended for beating his child, allegedly. Allegedly. Um, people thought Mecole Hardiman was, was a Tyreek Hill clone. Hmm. Well, over the next six to eight weeks, we are going to find out because Tyreek Hill's out with a collarbone issue, and Mecole Hardiman's going to line up opposite uh, Sammy Watkins, and he's going to get some of those exciting deep plays. If he can convert, all right, you got yourself something there. I don't know if that's going to happen because I don't think you can sub in an all pro wide or sub out a wall, wall, all pro wide receiver and drop in an untested rookie and expect the same performance. But he's he's probably the most intriguing guy. But I'm going to give you one other name here. He didn't touch the ball in week one, and that wasn't a disappointment because we're not talking about Dante Pettis. Damian Harris of the New England Patriots. We saw Sony Michelle have a dumpster of a game. We saw Rex Burkhead lead the team in rushing. And we saw James White do his usual bit of, you know, a little bit of catching, a little bit of running, a little bit of this, a little bit of that. It just feels to me like some point this season, Damian Harris is going to get a chance. Hmm. You know, he played ahead of Josh Jacobs last year in Alabama. Maybe not, maybe not the high ceiling, but he's got a track record. And it just feels like at some point this year, he's going to be a guy you can pop in and he's going to steal you a game. So if he's still out there, and you you might you got to be in a deep league for him to be taken. Look him up. There are 10,000 running backs on that roster, though. But, I mean, hey, <laughs> that means he could be the guy for a game or two as well. And that could happen in the playoffs. You never know. Uh, we, uh, that's enough for the questions this week. We're running out of time. Uh, keep them coming. Fantasy Domination Podcast at gmail.com. Twitter at the FD Pod. Uh, geez, Coach, we've had all this. Uh, we've talked about all this stuff tonight. We haven't even talked about Antonio Brown yet. Should we uh, talk about a little bit about what's going on with uh, that knucklehead? Nope. All and right. That then. has been the Fantasy Domination Podcast. Check us out online. Follow us on your favorite podcasting app. We're here every week talking fantasy football. You give us 30 minutes, we will give you a championship. And what are we a production of, Coach? Harpoon Media. See you folks next week. Good luck. Oh, thank you.